I want to talk to you about episodes five and six of Married My Husband. I swear this show gives me chills sometimes. Some of the more antagonistic villainous portrayals just really get under my skin. But there's a lot to talk about. Let's go. Hi, I'm Monique. I am the host of Off My Purple Heart podcast where I talk to you about K-dramas, C-dramas, BTS, and whatever else I want. And I absolutely love when episodes can meld my multiple uh, interests in one fail swoop. And there is a BTS connection with Mary, My Husband, which I'm gonna talk about in a bit. Anyways, to get into five and six, uh, the main thing I can remember from episode five that's really, really unsettling to me is Sumin. I finally learned her name. I think that's her goddamn name. Sumin, is it? The villain, the psychotic best friend who just seems to get more and more unhinged every episode. One of the things that we learn, and we're going into spoilers, is that she actually learned Jinwon's handwriting. So Park Min Young's um, female lead character. Sumin actually was able to forge her handwriting which to me sent chills down my spine. And part of how we found this out was, this is like continuation from ep, you know, four with um, the high school crush and him reconnecting and having uncredited love now for the main female lead. And I believe Jinwon is her name. Jiwon, Jiwon, has kind of like left that crush behind, right? She's got a lot of webs to untangle. You know, she's back in the past in 2013. She needs to find a way to sick Suman onto her abusive boyfriend to be husband. And she has to play along with it and make him look enticing enough that her best friend, quote unquote, will want to steal him, which is just so psychotic. But the fact that she learned to forge her handwriting is crazy development. I don't know that if the webtoon that the character is this goddamn nuts, but I think that's wild that she forged a note, essentially telling the crush back when they're high school that you make me sick. Do you think you're so popular that everyone's gonna fall in love with you? You make me wanna vomit, get the hell away from me. I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what the note said to the crush, which is why he had such a strong visceral reaction because he was secretly harboring a crush on the female lead. And of course, Jiwon had no idea what the hell's going on and is basically taken by surprise and the whole class reunion kind of blew the whole lid open on the psychosis of her best friend slash narcissist slash sociopath and to me what was even more frightening was the, the follow-up scene where her misogynistic boss basically flings his keys at her and is like yeah go fetch my car I didn't get a prime parking space, go find one for me. Which, I can't wait till they get rid of the supervisor. I just, ugh. <laughs> Maybe the actors are doing too good of a job. There's just too many detestable people right now that are in the main cast that we ha constantly have to see Juwan having to deal with. It's just annoying. <laughs> 
So she goes, she does this, even though she's an assistant manager and she doesn't need to be doing this kind of crap. And of course she predicts that her best friend will magically show up waiting for her at the elevators once everything's said and done to quote unquote console her. And I swear to God, it's like a jump scare. The elevator, elevator doors open and her friend's face is like that and she has the most sinister look. And I like that the mask is starting to fall a little bit. I feel like even though in the first episode we see just how nasty she and the husband in that timeline to be are, where they're having extramarital affairs, she's dying, and she comes home to discover them, and Suman is kind of like, well, you're going to die anyways, you know? <laughs> right? Right? But I feel like beyond what we as an audience knows this character to be, like in the show, she's really been trying hard to not show just how much pleasure she derives from bringing trouble to Jiwon and looking like the better person in comparison. And definitely in episodes five, definitely going to episode six, you definitely see that. I also am glad that you know, um, Mr. Yu was able to step in because there was an altercation with um, Jiwon and the boyfriend, the abusive boyfriend. And I don't like that he consistently grabs at her and is all in her face and calling her dummy, this, that, and the third. And I understand that her plan is to continue to be in a relationship with him so that she can continue to build the case for Suman to swoop in and steal that, not that you can really ever steal a man, that man has to be fully willing to step out of his relationship. So there's never any stealing, but anyway, um, steal the man. But I'm glad that for once, Mr. Yu was able to step in and say, don't keep putting your hands on her. I'm glad he roughed him up. And it, it was getting to the point where I'm like, please get this man off my screen. Like he makes my skin crawl. I will accredit the actor. He's doing a phenomenal job. Uh, but I just, I don't find any comedic relief with the character. And I know they're trying to do lighthearted comedic bits. And I kind of mentioned this in the other um, Marry My Husband podcast episode. I don't find the more lighthearted moments with him where he's not being physically abusive and sinister and terrifying to be funny. I just find the character gross. And I'm just waiting for him to get his frigging hands off of her and leave her alone. So I'm glad that the wrap up for episode five was Mr. You kind of roughing him up and like, you're not gonna play in my or my girl's face. Get the hell out of here. Even though we didn't get really why is he being so protective, at least from the perspective of Jiwon. She's probably, she's still kind of like, why is he so concerned about my well-being? Why is he stepping in? He doesn't realize she's from the future and he doesn't real, and um, he doesn't realize she's from the future. She doesn't realize he's from the future. And then everything kind of comes together in episode six. Huh. Episode six was satisfying for me because it looks like there is going to be consequences for the supervisor, the misogynistic pig, because he was getting on my nerves too and how he speaks to her. And I'm like, how many more episodes are we gonna have to deal with this kind of crap? Uh, I was really happy that um, 
the whole boyfriend thing with um, her her actual work friend was resolved and we find out that she is a sister of Mr. Yu. I like that. I like that we are finally getting into the whole defense training, you know, self-defense. Um, they're learning judo now and Mr. Yu is now teaching her and she was able to get some throws in. Um, but I'm really, 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 really liked was tie-in of BTS, which I talked about earlier. So for everyone to be brought finally back up to speed, uh, finally we get a revenge plan of Jiwon to actually work out. So the supervisor was trying to cut her out of her proposal of the meal kit service. And trying to get and shoehorn Suman into this. And the entire episode, I was getting more and more frustrated because while I do think she can handle herself, Mr. Yu multiple times said, don't be afraid to ask for help. And she was like, no, I'm gonna figure this out on my own. I don't need your help. And it turns out she was right, but I was starting to get frustrated because I'm like, it looks like you're getting screwed over and you're still letting this man talk to you crazy. I understand that she has to play it cool because her plan is very intricate, but I was just getting to the point where I'm like, can you please just cuss him the hell out? Can we just go? But she was able to engineer a plan and now the supervisor is gonna get reprimanded and she's gonna get her credit and Suman hopefully gets screwed out of getting a full-time job at her place. But finally, as she's celebratory and Mr. Yu comes to speak to her, they she just happened to be listening to BTS's um, No More Dream, I believe, on her phone, and they start talking about BTS, and then she let it be known, you know, I, I actually really like Dynamite, but I'm not able to find it, of course, because they're currently in 2013, and Dynamite obviously didn't release until 2020, the pandemic, and Mr. Yu is like, yeah, well, I'm a big fan of Spring Day, of course, Spring Day came out in 2017, and the show kind of hammers that over your head, and they both kind of have this realization at the same time, and it's like, WTF? <laughs> Which I thought was a really cute way for them to kind of be on the same page, because it does look like they're both working for the same goal, and it was getting tiresome that G1 is not caught up, and Mr. Yu's kind of left out in the dark, and he's kind of thinking, why is she still with her boyfriend? He's clearly abusive towards her or he is leaning towards being abusive towards her predatory towards her her best friend quote unquote the psycho wench is really crazy as like why she's still associating with them so i'm glad that we're finally caught up to speed and that they can both be on the same page because that's basically how we left episode six and can i just say as an aside i think that is just so goddamn cute that that little kitten that she was feeding during her college days i think it was her early college days and mr you happened to take that cat in i just think that is so damn cute this little abandoned kitty she's feeding it taking care of it he happens to see her and that's part of the love story you know and now he has that cat and i even like the little flashback where they had met prior and she was drunk and she revealed to him like the situation with her father passing away and she 
let some of her insecurities um, go and just talked about how she always felt like such a loser next to Suman. And to be honest, it's it was really heartbreaking because Parkman Young did a really great job of just feeling so desolate and just completely just given up, you know, on bettering herself, just ultimately just giving in and saying, you know what, no one likes me, I'm a loser, this, that, and the third. Meanwhile, the real loser in this whole thing is Suman. I cannot believe how psychotic that character is. I swear to God, just the idea that she learned to forge her handwriting is so twisted to me. I like her moving in on the man is like such a classic trope of the friend that's really not your friend but an enemy and keeping close tabs on you. That is crazy, but at least I understand that piece. The whole let me sick a bunch of high school bullies on her while I stand back and do nothing to help and support her while she's getting physically and verbally assaulted is really warped. But at the very least, I could chalk that up to immaturity. Even though bullying in high school, I there should be zero tolerance for that. And I don't even want to excuse it because of immaturity and age, right? But at the very least, I could have a little bit more understanding to that. But as a full grown adult, I just, I just, I, I just find the character so creepy. Imagine all these years that she's kept that secret and that she has gone out of her way to practice her best friend's handwriting to write to her crush to say not only do I not like you this very sight of you makes me want to vomit and you should leave me alone and the fact that you've harbored this secret for so long and even after being confronted by your lies in front of everybody you couldn't still go to your friend once everything is cooled down and actually explain yourself and say, you know what, I was immature, you know, I didn't know any better, um, but I've changed, I genuinely love and appreciate you, whatever type of manipulative bullshit that you have to spin. The fact that the friend can't even do that, like the most sinister K-drama character I've seen in a while, you know, I just like, <laughs> like I have no tolerance for villainous antagonistic characters that don't own the fact that they're villains. Like the fact that this warped woman still somehow sees herself as the hero of the story. I this the whole thing is sick. It's really sick. If I wasn't having so much fun watching this show, I'd really be disgusted. Cause I'm not the biggest fan of like bully plot lines. I'm not a fan of seeing like the female lead getting ganged up on all the time and constantly be talked down to and having people plot on her and whatever. But I do enjoy like a good revenge. I just, I, it just blows my mind. Anyway, uh, that's it for my rambling for this episode. I love the BTS connection and I like that things are moving along. And now we got the two protagonists of the story kind of caught up to the same timeline. They both know they're from the future. And now we can really start getting the ball rolling. And I'm probably gonna keep talking about this show. Hopefully it doesn't get yanked off the air. There's apparently some weird controversy that's going on in Korea right now with Parkman Young. I don't know what the hell Dispatch is doing. I have no idea why it's anyone's business what her ex-boyfriend is doing with her funds or him sending her funds. 
I just think it's a load of bull. Unless there's more story developments that we're not aware of, I don't understand what the hell that is a controversy for. And I just better not hear that the show is getting yanked off the air or anything stupid like that because the netizens couldn't mind their own goddamn business. I'm just, I'm just saying, as a side. But I am enjoying Mary, my husband, and if there is more episodes to continue airing, best believe I'm gonna be on it because it is a hot show for me. Uh, if you're watching this via YouTube, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I love you so much. If you're listening via Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I really appreciate you as well. And into the next episode, and there's a lot coming down the pipeline. I keep saying this. January is very busy for me. Look forward to that. Okay? Bye.